I'll also add that I'm not like a crypto bro. And that is the biggest downside, I think, for me and for a lot of people who are apprehensive about diving into this Web3 space. Because there's been, over the last few years, as content consumers and just people online, like we've been force-fed this crypto bro narrative, this cachet that's like really hard to break. (laughs) And even for me, like I didn't get into Web3 until early last year around February of 2022. That was like my first dive into the deep end working on a project. And up until that point, I was like, crypto, uh uh-uh, I don't want anything to do with your Dogecoin, like your ETH, like whatever that is. I don't have a wallet, I don't care. Welcome to Unraveling Crypto, where we simplify big and complex ideas in Bitcoin, blockchain, Web3, and tech, while connecting you with entrepreneurs, builders, and leaders building at the edge of innovation. I am Vane, your host. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I have Taylor Peterson. Welcome to Unraveling Crypto. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited to be here. Oh my God, me too. We have been connecting over Twitter and I'm honestly just obsessed with everything that you're creating from like the 12-week course um, to the pod and of course your newsletter. So I'm really excited to dive into you and what you're doing um, because I just really love how you merge different worlds together from tech to branding, marketing, um, and entrepreneurship. So let's not delay it any further. I always love to start the pod with one question. What are you grateful for? Yes. Oh my God. What am I grateful for? Well, in the context of being online and just really only in the last six months, growing anything in my personal brand. I'm so grateful for like the overwhelming support of a community and the connections that I've made. It is so genuine, you guys. If anyone has ever told you that, you know, you can't make real friends online, let me tell you, that is not true. And the people who support um, and like invest in you online are such real connections and it's created such a happy space for me. I'm so, so grateful for all of the people because nothing of what we do as creators would be possible without like fans or community who are there to like uplift and support the process. And so people who have been sticking around, even you, Vane, like since day one, you've been here. And those are the people that I am so grateful for right now. I have a million things I could list that I'm grateful for, but in this moment, I'm so grateful for uh, all of my my people, my community. Mm, I always love that. I think, again, like that's so important community. And I know I, I know that word is a little overused, but yes. but 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 in this context, rightly so. Um, what's your superpower? So that thing that comes to you, perhaps most natural, and you've you do it. You've basically been doing it your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Superpower. I, it's more like, I guess it's multifaceted. It's so funny because I've like gone through branding exercises where <laughs> I ask clients like, what is your superpower? And I always am so excited to hear their response. But for me, um, I, I think connecting with people and on a like more visceral or intangible level, mm. for sure. I love connecting with people. And I like, I have a, 
I hope I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I do think I have a pretty good like emotional EQ or IQ, whatever it's called. And so I, I have really good, strong relationships with people that both serve me and that I can serve as well. So building onto those relationships um, is probably a superpower. I can always kind of sense or tell I'm like, I'm like an energy reader, but I'm not really. Um, but like, you know, when you're, when you're around somebody and you can like vibe with their energy and you sort of know if something's bothering them mm. or not, or if there's something holding back like I love kind of uncovering those aspects of it and creating like safe spaces for people to have conversations with me or with you know their businesses whatever it is that they're doing so definitely that and then on the other side of it like the hard tactical skills is design probably I've been in like a creative minded person since I was a little kid always coming up with weird ways to like fix stuff or being like resourceful or like random business ideas. Like I was like a kid and writing down, I could start a business about this when I was like 10 years old. It was ridiculous. Um, so like not just business minded, cause I'm definitely not business minded, but the creative approach and problem solving that comes with running or being part or helping somebody run a business, um, or, you know, drive a business in a certain direction. So design has obviously a lot to do with that as a designer as a creative um i'm very like invested in the tactical skills that come with creating good design and i think it's possible for a lot of people anyone really to be able to do that but yeah the people and the creativity like those two things together that is that is the makings of at least i think my superhero story oh wait i mean i absolutely love everything that you're sharing and it resonates with me too because i've always said like i'm like an energy reader and yeah and i think this is actually really underrated especially in the tech space um where we can kind of like you know if you actually hear a lot of the entrepreneurs and why something popped off it's it's they can't really give you a tangible like not they're not going to say like oh data gave me this because there is no data when you're like in yeah. that like intersection 100%. so yeah so i think 100%. that's really interesting it's intuition you know it's like it's like being intuitive about listening to the cues and the like what your gut reaction is telling you because not everything can be so cut and dry like you can't yeah. <laughs> you can't go into chat gpt and ask it how to like respond to an emotional thing so i think having like the very human characteristics of just being able to understand motives and energy and seeing kind of how things can sync up in the wild in the outside world um is is key to being able to have you know some perception around around energy and it's definitely something that comes with time and a lot of i think creators and entrepreneurs also channel the same energy right like that's why we do what we do because we can see kind of past the the day-to-day -day or the nine to five and there's there's all of these uh sort of tangents that tie together. So mm. I love, I love that. Yeah. Well, let's get into you and I want to know what, how you guys, ah, I can't talk how you got started <laughs> in the, in the design world officially. Um, I know you were in the corporate world and then 2020 mm -hmm. came and things shifted. So share yeah. a little bit about that and then we'll dive into a bit of the web three rabbit hole. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm excited for that. Okay. So long story short, worked in like corporate organizations, creative agencies, moved to New York several years ago to work in an agency here. Loved it. Got super, super burnt out after like 
almost a decade of doing this. Um, I climbed the corporate ladder. I thought, you know, I want to do, I want to be a director and I want to do this. And I thought at the time those were the things that made me happy. Those are the things that fulfilled me and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. And of course that shifted over time. I think for many people it did, but during, during that era in like, you know, these enterprise level organizations and working with bigger brands, it was always, um, you know, on the marketing and the design and the creative side. So I led like brand marketing. I also worked with clients uh, to do like art direction or design campaign development, really like nested between the the creative side of marketing and then like the artistic or creative side of design and visuals. Um, so that was kind of always what I was doing. And then around 20, let's see, 2018, 2018 or 2019, I was like, let me step back and just not be in the agency world actually doing the work, but let me actually talk about it or like maybe teach people how, to, how I do it. Um, not so much teach, but like, let me share the the wisdom, the news, the insights that are coming. So I actually got a job as the deputy editor for a publication called Marketing Land, which Marketing Land, MarTech Today, and Search Engine Land. Marketing Land no longer exists, but Search Engine Land, for anyone who's into like SEO mm. or marketing publications, you might have heard of it. And so I was editing there for a couple of years. Uh, it was awesome. I got to get all of the news media briefings and talk about them and learn what was happening, these big shifts happening in social media, in marketing and advertising. Um, and instead of actually being the person, the the creative that's like doing it, I just got to write about it and report on it. And so really like got to put on my journalist hat, um, which was like to backtrack was my initial story of how everything started. That was what my degree is in, is in journalism. Oh. Far cry from that. We've looped full around. Um, <laughs> so I started journalism, went the marketing creative route, then was like, mm, let's put a pause, let's put a pin in it. And then let's just let's write about it instead. So full circle back to the journalism side of things, did that for a little while. Um, And then 2020 rolled around, of course, the pandemic Mm. hit everyone really hard and caused us all to have our little like multi-life crises. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, it's not the writing or creating content about topics I love because I still love doing that, but it's more so the positioning of myself working with, or working as part of a larger entity when I myself, I think could provide more value directly to the people that I care about and who, you know, I'm are already are somewhat invested in me. So why don't I try that? Why don't I step outside of these like boundaries of the safe space? Yeah. And that was a big deal. So in 2020, um, October, 2020, I put in my notice and left and was like, I'm going to just be self-employed now. <laughs> we'll make it work. However that happens. And ironically, I was never too concerned with it right when it happened because I had lined up like some, you know, contract stuff, some client work. So I was feeling pretty good about it, but definitely a few months in the the onset of like, okay, mm. I don't have a boss. I don't have a structure. I don't have something that this all kind of bubbles up to. I don't have somebody else who's accountable for it. It's all me. Um, so that was challenging to get around. So, but really for the last few years since 2020, that's what I've been doing. Mm. And then in, um, in late 2020, after starting this sort of solo venture, I met a guy by the name of John Briggs and he is the founder of food fight studios, which another really cool, scrappy kind of futuristic view of what a creative team could look Mm -hmm. like. He was building a creative 
content studio specializing in like 2D animation, um, like talking head type of content, a lot of parody content. That's how he started. And he was like, hey, you know marketing. I need marketing. Let's like make something happen here. So we kind of got together and um, started just collaborating in different ways and sort of blossom this partnership beyond just animation and into servicing clients on different types of projects where we could fuel together or fuse together all of our like collective expertise. Um, because it was me, John, we had a couple other creatives and still do on board who are just like freelancers. Mm. And they, we, we all have to go back to the superpowers. We all have like a different kind of area where we have our superpowers. And so we're like, well, if we are all bringing different superpowers to the table, like maybe we could just kind of Avengers this shit. I don't know. <laughs> and um, give like a really comprehensive, unique solution to these potential clients that are coming our way. So we sort of all like buddied up and that's sort of how this creative collective was formed mm. is like servicing clients as a decentralized creative squad, um, teaching clients not only what they need to know about like social media and starting up small businesses and creating better content, but also like all of the nuances that go into that from how they plan their content to how they, you know, create it, like just everything under the sun. Um, and then long story short that we, we were like, well, there's also an opportunity to like, bring this to the masses like why why only segment ourselves yeah. to uh, almost this like micro agency model which is what we were trying to get away from to begin with um so maybe there's an opportunity for us to have a community to do more in the way of publishing this content that we're talking about in our own echo chamber as it is um and that's kind of how the sauce was born we're like we're a creative crew. We hang out together all the time on Discord. We meet up. We're still all like very decentralized. But at the end of the day, we're teaching each other some really cool stuff on content, on the future of tools and AI and Web3 stuff. So let's make a podcast. Let's make a newsletter. And let's just start putting this out there and see, you know, who cares about it. We know that our clients might, but there was other people too. So that's sort of, we were like, it's, it's the secret sauce. We referred to it internally as the secret sauce yeah. and that sort of formed together um, like early last year. And then ever since we've just sort of been building on it and I didn't start doing anything with my own personal brand until about six months ago, mm. about six months ago. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been like quite a really exciting journey, lots of fun, lots of obstacles as well. But until six months ago, I was always so focused on what, you know, the stories of other people, the client work, the creative and all of that, that I was like, I don't want to be front and center. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be like talking and like planning these things. So I was always like taking a back seat to that. And then around that time, about six months ago, I had just like this massive wake up call of, you know, people care about authenticity and we're entering an era where people will support and help monetize and invest in the creators that they care about. It's not so much about the brands and the businesses these days. It's about the people. Um, so I saw the kind of the writing on the wall and I'm like, all right, if I, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So I, I built together the beginnings of my own personal brand and started growing that in tandem with still the sauce and that being like the community yeah. offering of it all. Um, and it's just been a journey ever since like these last 12 weeks, we're in week 11 right now. We've been 
apologize about my computer. Oh my God, don't worry. Um, these last last twelve weeks, we've been doing this this amazing community building cohort, and this was our first jump, our like first leap into actually building community organically around these ideas and this sort of like decentralized creative collection that we've been building. Yeah. So we're like we have all this this content, these great ideas, there's lots of subject matter experts floating around. Let's bring it all together and let people join us on this journey. And we'll do it for 12 weeks. Every week we'll do a different topic, totally free. It's just for anyone who wants to hang out and be part of this because we're learning it. We're teaching others how to do it. So let's do it together. Um, and that was sort of how it all came together. And we're about to close out week 11 this week. Next week's the final one. Yeah. And it has been one of the most rewarding gratuitous things that I've ever experienced, just like the genuine passion and um, appreciation from people to know that like your voice can help just like one person is a great feeling, but to know that it can help multiple people and it's a little bit more scalable than just always having like one-on-one -on -one calls with people. It's, uh, there's nothing like it. I would recommend 10 out of 10. I mean, facts. I think this is how I um, connected with you originally. So it's going to be about almost 12 weeks um I was yeah. directed to you and then I'm like wait what is this first of all the sauce has been something I've always said with my friends also in secret yes, the sauce. <laughs> and I I'm like I'm so captivated by it and then I mean you are spot on the past 12 weeks you've been able to bring and introduce topics of what's relevant what's like um currently happening what's cultural yeah. and really rewarding and insightful and value-packed that it's it's been really awesome so for sure yeah, like man. excited for that I mean what I always say is like this is the type of information that I wish somebody told me like two three years ago when I decided to go full solo yeah solopreneur like there were it I just got so bogged down in reading like these very highbrow like guides and articles and courses and things that I'm like, none of this makes sense to me as a creator. Like give me the down and dirty details, the tactics, yeah. and I will, you know, I'll, I'll translate them for myself. So that's kind of how this all, you know, mounted up to this point of let's make it valuable for, for actually us, yeah. like as individual creators and hopefully other people that are in our space will also find value in that. Cause if we do it, so it was a little bit, a little bit selfish. Cause I'm like, I want to learn this stuff anyways. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we'll share it along the way. Yeah. And I think here, like you said, you've been talking about so many different things. You talk about web three, you talk about AI and, mm -hmm. um, community building, how to grow on YouTube, yeah. like how to use Twitter. So you have like this vast multifaceted approach <laughs> yeah. to creating content and building community, which is really interesting. And I, ca I guess this is kind of like a segue for me to ask you about Web3. First of all, your thoughts yeah. on it, how yes. you're involved in that space. And yeah, just want to hear from you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a big, it's a big one. I love it. First of <laughs> all, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that. I'll also add that I'm not like a crypto bro. And that is the biggest downside, I think, for me and for a lot of people who are apprehensive about diving into this Web3 space. Yeah. Because there's been, over the last few years, as content consumers and just people online, like we've been force fed this crypto bro narrative, this cachet that's like really hard to break. Yeah. <laughs> and even for me, like I didn't get into Web3 until 
early last year, around February of 2022. That was like my first dive into the deep end working on a project. And up until that point, I was like, crypto, uh uh-uh, I don't want anything to do with your Dogecoin, like your ETH, like whatever that is. I don't have a wallet. I don't care. Um, But it was because of the perception in a lot of ways and for also my inability to be open-minded early on. But I think that that's a struggle that a lot of people deal with Mm. of like, I don't want to be in that space because it's just a bunch of dudes like talking about flipping NFTs and like hodling and wag me. Like I was just like, "Mm, I'm good. Um, And then February, 2022 rolled around and we had a really great opportunity to work on a project um, called the battle bunnies. And it was in its early nascent stages. They're currently a 5,000 piece collection uh, Uh, PFP collection, but also have tons of traits and different really cool, unique utilities to it, not to mention an incredible community. Mm -hmm. But we were there in the early stages of when it was all coming together. And it happened through John Briggs, my partner who had a really good relationship with this insanely phenomenal award-winning tattoo artist named Frank Lenatra. Him and his wife both are actually wonderful tattoo artists. And they were like, we have a vision of creating a collection and utilizing this web three technology to like make it happen because never has all of the, the pieces aligned to where an artist can take something from the, the real world and then translate it online, but actually build community and build people who are also interested in it yeah. all in one place without having to physically be in the same location. Um, so there were a lot of draws to it and that's where I first opened my mind and I was tasked with a lot of the like initial onboarding of community as well as some of like the marketing, the design assets and just getting the messages out there. So it was so fun to be part of the early stages and see genuinely like, okay, this isn't all just the bros. This is, this is people who really care about the people building this project, they care about the art and they care about like the real connections. Not only that, but they see the applicability of what these like decentralized web three NFTs can actually do and benefit and like provide value for people. It's not just about like flipping it or holding it or whatever. It's also, it's also the tangible benefits that you get because you're a holder. So um, I started to see all of that. I'm like, this is actually this is what I wish like real life economy, how it functioned. (laughs) Like this is how I wish the corporate world functioned where there is direct ownership around things. And I started to really see and identify like the major benefits for the creators, the artists, and even on a somewhat of a scale, like for the brands, the smaller brands, especially who otherwise wouldn't have a way to, build uh i guess a community and have this sort of like tokenized offering it's just it it creates a new layer to to business to brands and to community that i think is like really hard to find or to create elsewhere um but not only that i think it's also the future of how a lot of business will be done especially online you already see it uh with like brands that have their tokenizer block on-chain uh like points and loyalty systems you have of course like the big ones the board apes and things that are still worth millions you have um people who are using like po apps the proof of attendance protocol to track and the beauty of it all is that because it is like blockchain based you have that 
that permanent ledger of information, of ownership, of proof of where it fits into the contract or like when it happened. And I think that that's amazing. That's something that's like really hard to come by as a, as a public ledger, especially knowing how people skew things (laughs) online so easily. Now, you know, exactly what you're getting. Um, yeah, I think there, I have some other thoughts to add on to it. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you ask. I mean, you're always, you're like, you're so thorough and what you share is so insightful. Um, and I, I agree. And you, you know what, I echo a, a little bit of what you're saying. You know, Unraveling Crypto really was born out of this desire to bridge and kind of like separate from that perception and that storytelling mm-hmm. of what crypto and Web3 was. Yeah, like very bro very masculine, very yang. And even I've said this before, some, sometimes some of the women that have been here for a long time, it, they speak in such a language that I don't resonate with all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know that I want my friends and I want, you know, my world that I lived before in wellness and all of them to join this side. And it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I've even like fallen into the trap of kind of getting a little too technical, a little too like techie in it. Yes. Um, so it's like a beautiful and refreshing space to be in with you to just shine a light in the really cool aspects of Web3 and um, just it. a different yeah. vibe in general. Yeah. That, for that. I mean, I think it's important for everyone to understand that like Web3 and all of the tech that comes out of it is a tool and it's a tool to enable whatever creativity, marketing, productization, or just, you know, artistic energy that you want. It's the same as if, you know, if what, even if web three didn't exist, but there was another tool that could do this, it's the same sort of, um, concept, you know, I I guess I'm confused on what I'm saying, but I I guess in the way of like, you know, television was here and, and I say this a lot for like AI as well. When cars came around, people stopped riding horses as much when television came around, you know, you didn't have to see it on a big screen, you have it in your home. And so these are all just tools that still enable the same end goal of, the the connection or the content or the artistry it's just that now we have an easier way to do it Mm. and it's a way that's more transparent it's more trustworthy it allows for all of these different like utilities and um kind of features that are hard to come by in web 2 just because of the very decentralized nature of web 3 that enables it it just makes it um it makes it easier to use this as a tool to get to whatever your final destination or goal is. So I always have to explain that to people because a lot of people see like web three space as this like foreign place where none of the rules of everyday life apply. <laughs> and they did it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. It used to be the wild west. It kind of still is. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, it's it's a tool just like any other technology or tool that you would use to get to your your place of where you want to be. Use Web3 in the same way and I promise you'll find and you'll uncover all these really cool features that just make it so much easier to play in this space. Yeah. And it's not for everyone, of course, yeah. but I do I do believe that more and more businesses, brands and personal creators, artists, I think we're seeing that shift happen more and more where it's it's becoming the norm look at roblox like look at all these like games and stuff that kids are playing these days it's just everywhere and i think that's it like right now we are talking a little bit 
technical about it or it seems like it's this new crazy thing but it's just like an evolution of what we're currently yeah. uh, like doing and i talk about this like nfts can change the way ticketing is loyalty rewards yes. and these are the things that as a consumer on that end you might not notice a change but in having that data and seeing like how we can better serve the community it definitely mm -hmm. will be a big game changer so i always Absolutely. say like at least be part of the the, the storytelling because that's kind of cool years down the yeah. road I'm, i always say this but yeah um now i want to dive into ai you okay let's do yeah, it so this is a very um polarizing topic currently right now um you in your newsletter highlight a lot of the good and how you use it and you're using it for branding i think you're the first mm -hmm. person that i've really seen uh, take that form and use it into in like of course your design eye yeah and also um you share about a little bit of the the holes that are still in the AI and how it can impact. So mm -hmm. why do you love it and how do you use it? And yeah, just. Yeah, I think that, well, AI has been a game changer for so many. And I know that right now we are in a time where it's just like this information vortex of AI shoved down everyone's throat. And I think it turns some people off. Mm. It makes some people like, mm. and it's also very divisive. It's inflammatory because there is, of course, people uh, and a lot of these AI models have been trained using data from artists yeah. or from, um, you know, copywritten text, things like that. And so it, it definitely is like the perfect storm being right here right now at a time where the internet is so accessible and everyone can just get on their computer and generate stuff. Never has this mass adoption been like just such a massive blast. It's like what ChatGPT has done is very like unicorn. Yeah. Um, and the level of adoption is insane. But that being said, I think that it's also important to know that like a lot of the things that we use in our day-to-day -day technology already have AI integrated with it. Yeah. And so <laughs> if we're using Web3 analogies, always do your own research when it comes to AI stuff because it's there's so much out there. But if you know at the very onset like what it is that you're looking to create or why you would need to, again, use this as a tool and not as a crutch, not as like something that can entirely replace something else for you but using it as a tool is really important so i think it's it's important to see both sides of the story of how artists are pissed rightfully so um you know and then you have like the ai people who are like you can do this and this and this and then i'm somewhere in the middle where i'm like this is all so overwhelming there's so much here how do we make sense of it all and look into what the future holds because there's no denying it's going to be everywhere integrated into like all of our technology but how do we make sense of it and be on this train now so that we don't have to catch up later yeah um and that's kind of always been one of my like i like to do things as i'm going i'll do it i'll do it, i'll screen share with people on a meeting and be like let's do it now <laughs> so i'm like that with like ai with all this technology i'm like let me learn it now so that five years from now, I don't have to be like left in the dust and then catch up to it. So that's kind of how I've been tackling AI. I first started playing around with some of these language models in like 
2020, 2021, when like Copy AI and Jasper, yeah. formerly Jarvis, the text generation tools. Um, and I thought it was so funny because I thought at the time, like, these are so secret. Nobody knows about them. Let me tell. And every time I would tell somebody about them, people would have their mind blown. And I'm like, guys, this is insane. So I was using Jasper yeah. and Copy AI for like a, a good year prior to ChatGPT launching. And then that was just like, the explosion. Um, and now everyone and their grandmother is on ChatGPT yep. and for good reason. Um, but I do think that it is for creatives, for creators, personal brands, or like anyone building a small business, even, even, even all the way up to the big like enterprise brands, as you're seeing now, it's so important to at least keep a pulse on what's happening, whether you dive into it or not to play around with it or to help make your work more efficient is like up to you. But I think regardless, this, there's no denying that this is the future of how things oh, yeah. are shifting. Um, and so it's better to like, if we're, if we're heading full steam ahead in that direction, my, my tidbit is always like, uh, I want to learn and try to make use of it the best way that I can while also being skeptical the whole time, like not taking everything at face value, doing that research, not taking AI generated content and claiming it as your own. Like there are obviously ethical concerns around it as well. What I will say on the upside is that it is a game changer. (laughs) If you know how to use it the right way and if you don't allow it to totally consume you, it's very easy to get lost in the trap of like, let me spend five hours on, or let me just do something once on chat GPT and then five hours of your life are gone. Um, <laughs> or like, let me, let me create just one mid journey image. And then pretty soon you're like upscaling eight different times yeah. and then you have a new prompt and it's like, it's so easy to get sucked into Super it. Super so easy. Keep your guardrails about you, um, but use it for ways that would already like make your own content and everything that you're doing more efficient rather than finding new ways to like invent something or create something. You know, we're still, some people are doing that. We're still a ways off, but I think it's, it's using a tool that makes sense for you and not just what other people tell you you should be using it for. So if you listen to every single Twitter thread that you read about AI tools, you would have no time. You would probably only sleep for two hours a night. You wouldn't eat. (laughs) You'd be fasting. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of how I see it. It is a double-edged sword. It is extremely powerful, but I think it does require a sense of responsibility for people who are using it and people who are educating on it as well. So that's kind of my my hot take. Yeah, and I mean, a hundred percent with what you're saying. I think I've been on the like conservative side, and I was really afraid mm-hmm. of using it, um, just because I, I think it was like this personal thing. I'm like, it's not me doing it, and I'm not putting in the yeah. hard work, and then it's like I'm being an imposter to it, and so like that is such a real thing, right? And then I started thinking. Yeah. I think one of um, the people that I was working with, she's like, "Have you read the Four Hour Work Week?" <laughs> and she's like, "You need to read this because if you can automate, if you can streamline things, your life is going to be so much easier, and then you can get yeah. to do what you really want to do." And exactly. yeah, I've been kind of exploring that. But with I, w- I want to know, like, how do you, have you been using it for yourself, or what's currently in for you right now with AI. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. It's funny because I actually just did a workshop literally today on how I use AI tools in my day-to-day workflow. I I just screen shared and demoed some of the stuff to walk Ooh. through. And basically what I went through is primarily my tool stack these days is ChatGPT. I'll use GPT-4 through it. 
Um, I use Midjourney for my AI image generation. I played around with a ton of different AI image gen tools, and I always just keep coming back to Midjourney. So she's staying with <laughs> me for a little while. Um, and then I'll use a tool called Assembly AI for my podcast episodes every week. And yeah, girl, like, let me tell you about what? this. <laughs> um, so I take the MP3 and I upload the MP3 into Assembly and it gives you a ton of options for how you want the output. So whether it's like just content summary, summarize the key points, create, you know, um, uh, like timestamps yeah. or, or auto chapters or what have you. So I use it for like my podcast descriptions every week. Um, I'll put in like the, I'll, I'll put in the full transcript, the audio transcript. It gives me the summary points. And then I take the summary points. I might add a little bit of context if it missed something. And then I throw that into chat GPT and I say, write me a podcast description in this tone of voice. I have an ongoing dialogue with chat GPT for my podcast uh, description. So it kind of already has like my Goodbye. voice and style. Yeah. And so that saves me like a ton of work every week. Otherwise I would literally just be manually writing them. Um, same thing for YouTube, like YouTube description. Um, anytime I want to get something like optimized for keywords or SEO, again, like you have to take this stuff with a grain of salt. It's not going to be perfect every time. I always recommend putting like a human touch on something because what you said about the imposter syndrome is so true. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, this is too good. I would not write this. <laughs> like I got to back it up a little yeah. bit. Or it'll Add take me errors, like 20 steps to get there. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. So, um, but I love it for that. And then I'll use mid journey for things like, um, featured images for our newsletter mm. on Substack or for just posts on the website, uh, promo content as well. So like even like emojis and just things that I would normally use like a stock website for as a creative, I'm like subscribed to like five different stock yeah. sites. I need to, I need to probably get rid of them all. But normally what I would do in the past is just go to like Envato or one of these stock sites and then like find a pack of icons or emojis or templates or whatever. And now I don't, I really rarely do that. I'll start with either ChatGPT or MidJourney and develop the look and feel, the vibe of it. Mm. And then I'll either reverse engineer it to find something that looks similar to it at, that already exists like as a vector or whatever format I need. Or I will just play it through the AI tool altogether and use that as the final content output. And it's fun. It's fun to do that. I think it gives me like a total different perspective for my creative approach yeah. um, because I'm no longer spending hours and hours like researching the specifics around something and then trying to piece together the context um, because now it's like it's almost so powerful being in chat GPT you can have all the context in one spot that you can almost like start to spin out because you're like this is too good like where do I start <laughs> so it can be a little bit of a challenge a little bit of a balance but I use chat GPT every day mid-journey every day um, and also I'm a, you know, I'm a creative artist junkie as well. So I just love some of the cool stuff that AI has been able to reproduce. I don't think that it's all always ethical. I don't agree with using like art, art, artists, or, uh, yeah. you know, likenesses or work and that kind of thing as part of the training process. But I love some of the stuff that people are making, man. It's so cool. So that's a little how I, I use mean, mind blowing what you said. I think this is game changing. Specifically, I guess as a uh, 
solopreneur or a small business mm-hmm. owner, like when you have to wear so many different hats, you have to be a salesperson, the design, the editor, the copywriter, and then still oh my sh- God, so yep. this really saves you time. And it's really helpful in that like little microcosm world that we live in. Yes. Um, but you know, there's this hot take that I heard from, um, Sam, I'll link him later, but he talked okay. about the same to you. Like there's some ethical issues regarding the using the likeness of artists. So like draw me a picture mm-hmm. from X artist. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, maybe integrating blockchain into that where anytime someone puts that and it generates, it compensates that um, artist yeah. or something like that because it's on the blockchain and you're able to see it. So there's different ways that I think AI can be integrated and used and mm-hmm. like you said if more people that want to do good in the world use technology early on then we can better mm-hmm. have we can have better safeguard safe- i can't talk safeguards totally <laughs> safeguards thank you um in yeah. <laughs> in that and just shaping the technology shaping the future so i mean i'm mind mm-hmm. blown i can't i can't wait to watch that yeah. that workshop well i love like AI and web three, it's like that handshake emoji. Like they just, there's so many unexplored and like untapped uh, potential there with, I think that there, there's so many parallels, right. Between what you can do with AI and then sort of encapsulating that using web three tools that actually gives ownership or uh, credit back to the artists. Like I've had some of these conversations in and out of the last like few months with people. And I, I'm so excited to see what will come of that one brand that I know, or one product that I know that's starting to do this right now is called Orbify. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them at all. Um, not sponsored, but they've, uh, been doing like, you can take your AI, your AI images that you generate and actually turn them into collections that are then like blockchain enabled. So rather than like you could create like an, they're called orbs, I guess. So you could create like an orb of, I don't know, uh, movie posters. Like you love movie posters. You generate them all the time in mid journeys. Then you create one in this, this, platform called Orbify and then oh sorry let me let me oh, mute this okay. really quick it's just discord <laughs> it is it's like it is just it is beeping so let me finish this thought after I mute this because I think it's going to keep going that's okay <laughs> sorry okay do not disturb is enabled um but yeah with so with Orbify you just create these collections and then they're I think that they're on like Polygon I believe Polygon blockchain, um, but you can access them all through there and kind of create these like micro communities through your AI content using Web3 tools to enable it. And it's just really cool. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Even in this next year, we're going to see so many cool activations between AI and Web3 and people are already starting to make stuff happen. Shout out to all of the AI artists out there who people tell you that you're not real artists. You are creative. (laughs) I will put that there. And I love to see the creations that people are coming up with and can't wait to see how web three takes it and moves it to the next level. Yeah. I mean, thank you again for sharing that. Cause I think it's really, it's good to hear both sides. And like you said, um, be a part of it, but be skeptical. Um, Mm I guess looking forward, what are you excited for you for what you're creating? What are you coming out with? Because um, I know a lot yeah. of people are going to love to connect with you, especially yes. my community. I know they're going to be like, finally, something not about Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you guys. No, I um, so I'm launching my first ever course 
I never thought like I, I like make that face because I'm like, I never thought I would be a person with a course, yeah. but here we are, <laughs> 2023, baby. Um, and I am so one of the things that I have conversations a lot with people is around branding and design and specifically how you can use some of these tools that are available at our disposal to like enable that process. But more specifically for content creators and smaller businesses, Mm -hmm. not these like huge corporate entities, they've already got their branding figured out. But for many of us who aren't designers, there's still ways to tie the pieces together and actually create something really cohesive and, you know, impactful for your brand. A lot of of these creators and small businesses just don't know where to start. So this course I'm coming up with, um, it's launching in a couple weeks. The waitlist is now open. It's called uh, Design Like a Boss, a non-designer's guide to visual branding. And I go through all of these in each module. I go through like some of the core principles, basically all the stuff that you need to know if you want to make your brand look cool as shit, but you don't you can't hire a designer or maybe you have a designer, but you don't know how to explain to them that you want your brand to look cool as shit. So, um, (laughs) I, I have like tons of like little walkthroughs and templates and like frameworks that I use as well as like some of those underlying design principles, like how to make sense of color and Mm. why, you know, what, what, the different parts of a logo are and how you use them all the way to like branding your assets and stuff. And then the best part of all of that is how I use AI to kind of enable some of that process so that you're not just doing all of this heavy lifting on your own as a one person show who wears a thousand hats. Um, You can kind of have some help by using these tools that make it a little bit easier. So that's what the course is about. I'm very excited because it's like a culmination of everything that I've been talking about and doing for the last like decade of my career, but now just like put into a nice neat package and made in a way that anyone can understand it. You don't have to be like, a 10 year creative yeah. director with all this experience in design. So that's what I've got coming up. Um, but as this cohort is, is winding down, we do have some other exciting things happening kind of in the works. Um, I don't know if I can give too much information away, but we are planning a little bit of a, of a, a summer AI event that I think will be super exciting. And I got to, Got to wrap my brain around it still a little bit before I announce anything. So that's coming up. And yeah, I mean, I've always, I'm just always out here for a good time to connect with people and to see where things go. The biggest part is enjoying the process, enjoying the journey of it, of doing what we do as creators, I think is so essential and fundamental to like making this a sustainable thing. So that's what I look forward to is just enjoying every day. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear more about what's coming up and um, as like someone that I have a little bit of a branding design eye, but I don't mm-hmm. have the structure for it. And like, I've worked with designers who are incredible and amazing, but then like I evolve so much and I'm always wanting to change things up and I'm yes. like, I want this different. And it's just like, I think this is going to be amazing. Um, yeah. as we wrap up, I love to do a lightning round at the end of the session. Okay. It's just a series of questions that I ask and it's the idea is to answer them as quickly as possible without okay. thinking too much. You ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so your go-to drink? Coffee. Your favorite book? Untethered Soul. Ooh. One piece of advice to share with the world right now? Uh, nobody knows what you know, so share that side of you that you think nobody would want to hear about. Mm. One thing you can't stand? Cockroaches. <laughs> your favorite show? <laughs> 
Oh, God, my favorite show. Uh, probably Breaking Bad. Ooh, uh, your favorite place on earth? Spain. Ooh. And then last one, what do you love most about yourself? <sighs> oh, my God. I don't even know. My weird creative brain that is mm. both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Taylor, it's been so good. I think we're going to have like a gazillion more episodes with you here. Yes, please. We need another collab. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can it. people connect with you? I know you're on Twitter. Where are you anywhere else or mainly there? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Space Case Tay. That was unintentional, but it worked out nicely because it's easy to type just like it sounds, spelled just like it sounds. Um, you can find me on uh Substack, which is where the newsletter and podcast you can also stream the podcast um the sauce pod that i do every week on like creator trends and social media news um so i host that every week and you can stream that on like apple spotify youtube and then on Substack, if you want to subscribe to the newsletter that's every week i would love that you can find us at the sauce ffs like frank frank sally dot substack.com i mean so all of this sauce, yeah all of yeah. this will be linked in the show notes so okay. in case somebody's Perfect. driving or listening i yeah. i got you all um awesome thank you for again being here if you have loved this episode and you want to share with someone please do subscribe hit like button and just share with someone it helps us grow the pod and just get more cool guests on the show Thank you.